0: I'm Bob Badar, and I welcome you to the first episode of Season 5, the caregiving edition of Local Folks Podcast. Why caregiving? Well, first of all, there are a lot of folks who are likely taking care of loved ones during this pandemic. And I'm also pretty sure that as folks like me get older, taking care of an aging loved one is going to become a lot more common. And second, I really would have benefited from hearing the wisdom folks who have taken care of someone while I was caring for my mom in the last year of her life. So I hope this upcoming series of podcasts on caregiving will be helpful to folks when it comes time for them to take care of an alien loved one. During this series, we're going to listen to several local folks here in my hometown of Corvallis who are caring for someone who can no longer live independently due to injury or illness. My goal here is to let them tell their stories, and then in the final episode. I'll talk a little bit about my experience taking care of my mother and how the wisdom these local folks have gained from their experiences would have helped me take care of myself as well as my mom. In this first episode, I'd like to introduce you to Vicki, who, along with her husband and his brother, have been caring for three family members for the last several years. I started our conversation by asking Vicki to talk a little bit about how they became caregivers.
1: Um, I'd say that probably my husband and I always knew on some level that we would be caregivers. I think the strangest thing for us is that it was very, very sudden. We've always known that we would be caregivers. We just didn't expect everything to happen with everybody as quickly as it did. So we have um, my (coughs) mother-in-law, excuse me, who has dementia and she was diagnosed Um, really quickly after my father passed away. So she's still early, mid-stage dementia. My father-in-law has severe physical issues um, and the beginning, and he's in early stage dementia. So he's um, unable to walk uh, more than a few steps at a time and has uh, COPD and a number of other issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mother is really in great health. Um, And she's just, uh, mostly it's financial for her. Uh, She needs help with the day-to-days. She gets confused easily, uh, but she does have memory issues and uh, just coping with the day-to-day. So that's, um, that's fairly, fairly simple. They all three are on our property. My mom is in the house with us. Uh, My in-laws are in a uh, mobile home that's uh, right behind our house. So um, good bad, my brother-in-law, a year ago, um, lost his house. And so we were able to move him in with my in-laws. So the day-to-day physical care, feeding, uh, making sure they're showering, things like that, he he is able to do that part of it. So that's been um, a huge help. Uh, for the last year I'm doing the medications and the finances for them Um, so it's it's split kind of down the middle with that Um, I do all the medical so appointments to the doctors um, whether they're phone calls video chats or actual physical in person they both have to have blood drawn on a regular basis and unfortunately I can't do that (laughs) so we do have to take it that Um, so that's that's kind of how the the difference between day-to-day and long-term that's how that goes
0: and so about how long is this how long have you been a caregiver then I mean how long has this been going on for you
1: Um, really it's only been the last five years that we've had to really step in and and do Um, before that everybody was really on their own and and the dramatic change was about a year and a half ago. We went from everybody. Um, my father-in-law was still able to walk. He was still driving. Um, he was taking my mother-in-law to appointments. He was doing their, you know, their, their finances. And about a year and a half ago, I noticed a couple of errors in their checkbook, and so I kind of was going over things to see what was happening, and I realized that. Um, for the a couple of months prior to that, financially nothing was straight. It was really, really messed up and I realized that something had happened that we didn't notice with my father-in-law um, and had been very sudden. Uh, right about the same time they were driving somewhere and their car died and my father-in-law couldn't get out of the car. Um, so there was the mental and the physical all happened really at the same time, so it was It was June-July of 2019, so it's just a year and a half ago. And between then and mid-fall, so October-November, things just happened really, really fast. Um, Physically, my father-in-law went from, you know, functioning to not functioning. Uh, Mentally, my mother-in-law went from functioning to not functioning. Uh, all of a sudden she just wasn't remembering people, places, things, times, uh, so that changed really fast. Uh, and then I don't know that anything changed fast with my mother. Um, uh, sadly, she kind of got put on the back burner as far as, um, you know, working with her. Uh, and so there for about a year, um, my, my relationship with my mother got pretty sad, um. Uh, once, once my brother-in-law, once we got him moved in and, and had him helping, um, I was able to step back a little bit on the minute-by-minute minute and um, kind of reevaluate, take a look at my mom and, and see what was going on there. And that has really helped. One of the fun things, I finally got my mom Zoom chatting with friends from her distant past. So she sees people from my hometown when I was growing up Every week, people that she didn't see—you know—at the very most once a year before, um, and that has been really, really fun. I think, um, mm-hmm. and now she's so comfortable with Zoom, she doesn't have to ask me for any help on, you know, getting the video, getting the audio. She just goes in there twice a week uh, with different groups and and does that. And and every once in a while, she'll ask me to set up a Zoom with different people with family or with somebody else. And um, most of her friends from when I was growing up were younger than her. And so they're still fairly active. Um, and so they were kind of the instigators in getting it started. I probably wouldn't have thought of it. I, and, and so I was so thankful um, that they did, but now it's just part of her weekly schedule. And believe me, I am second burner for um, the Zoom call. You know, if I have something I've got going on and I've invited her, she'll, nope, nope. <laughs> I have my Zoom meeting today, I am not going.
0: <laughs> Here's Vicki talking a little bit about her daily routine and the importance of making sure to give herself time to do something that she enjoys as well as having a quiet place to go when you need some time to yourself.
1: So mine is probably a little bit strange. Uh, I work from home. I'm actually the office manager for my husband's business, which is also on our property. So we're all, <laughs> there's a whole lot of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, 10 people that live here. Um, Ooh, okay. And then we have a couple of employees that come on to the property. So we're shut in, but not shut in. Um right. So typically, my mornings, I am able to get up and get into the office and get some work done. Uh, mid-morning, um, just check in with my mom, make sure she's, she, her eyes um, are not great. And so mornings are difficult. She can't always get them open. Um, so, it, you know, if she needs help with that, which she usually doesn't, she's pretty good about doing her medications. Um making sure that my my in-laws have taken their medications. I touch base with my brother-in-law to see um, if there's any needs uh, while he's at work during the day, if I'm going to need to go do anything. His two boys are there. Um, So where it gets weird is I have five different bank accounts um, and five different sets of bills. That's, I think, probably the hardest part is, is checking in on, you know, it's not always a daily basis, but a regular basis. Okay. What, what do I need to do for these bills today? Um, Sorting through the mail. Sometimes the mail um, with that many people is six inches thick every day. And um, finding the real bills, finding the garbage, throwing it all out is one of my (laughs) daily challenges. I have
0: a hard time doing that for myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's it's kind of fun um you know balancing the different accounts I'm I'm so this is weird uh, offshoot I'm a very creative person I um I sew costumes I do flowers for weddings I make giant paper flowers I'm a very very creative person and I've kind of been shoved into this role of bookkeeper for the masses it's not my strength it does not bring me joy <laughs> And so there's a, really my daily challenge is doing that with a, with a, with a smile, with a good heart, not uh, dragging my husband down when he walks in and I'm frustrated because the accounts are weird or um, whatever on, on things like that. So trying to balance getting my work done, getting the finances done and, and the medications done, and and then having a few minutes to do something that brings me a little bit of joy. I find that if I don't take some time to do something joyful, um, I'll go off the deep end on something, <laughs> like maybe spend way too much money on something we don't need or, um, or overreacting. I also have um, my youngest son is still in high school. So we're, Mm -hmm. you know, he's in school at home and, and, uh, (laughs) trying to keep that going. And I find that my patience with him is sorely lacking sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I'm, uh, not spending. And and it's, it's not just doing something fun. It's, it's finding a good balance. If I just decide, well, today I'm going to do nothing but, um, Play with flowers or or sew costumes or whatever then all of a sudden i find i'm feeling guilty because i haven't gotten the next week's meds done and and uh you know somebody's gonna come pick them up in five minutes and then i'm stressed about this and then i snapping at my son and then the next thing i know i'm wrapped up in little knots and um so making honestly oh my goodness making lists you know i grew up with my mom making lists Mm-hmm. And sometimes the lists would be only five things long and you would do something else. And then you would write it on the list and cross it off because that way you felt good about getting something done. That's and I'm finding, you know, that, that sometimes has become critical again, just making a list um, and putting in the middle of that list, uh, play your computer game for five minutes or play your computer game for 55 minutes. You know, pick, pick an amount of time and then stick to that time. Because um, if I don't stick to that time, you know, just like my son, the whole day is gone. I've done nothing but stare at a screen. And then I'm in complete panic mode on what still needs to get done. Um, find a space that you can go and you can be alone. Whether you take your dog, whether you take your cat, whether you take yourself, you take a book, whatever. Um, I have this one little space. I'm actually sitting in it right now. Um, And this is my space. Nobody else comes in here. My husband doesn't even come in here. Um, There's no walls. It's just a small space. And um, I have things around me in here that make it look incredibly messy, but um, I can look at them and they make me kind of go away from the day to day. It's, um, It's a nice positive place. Um, and during the summer, I go stick my feet in the creek. That's the other thing I do.
0: <laughs> you know, I think it's fair to say that caregiving can be very stressful at times. Let's listen to Vicki as she talks about some of those stressors and the important role humor plays in putting things back in perspective.
1: Sometimes my father-in-law will use his inhaler more than he's supposed to. And so all of a sudden he's out completely. And then it's this big fight to try and get another inhaler. And so then trying to pull back and monitor and um, it, it's just things like prescriptions, things like finances, uh, they they frustrate me. Um, and I have a really hard time finding joy in getting that kind of stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the reality uh, of needing to do that getting them to the doctor I hate I hate going to the doctor myself so mm-hmm. taking out people to the doctor is <laughs> mm-hmm. just not fun and uh, and it's and it's I think that's that whole not wanting to feel guilty about things knowing I shouldn't feel guilty about things but feeling guilty about things and then getting myself tied up in knots because I shouldn't be feeling guilty but I do feel guilty and Um, it's that kind of stuff. It's like, it's ridiculous that I get myself tied up in knots about that kind of thing, but I do. And I think everybody does. And so then finding ways to not get tied up in knots and half the time it's go play a stupid game and then go to sleep early kind of thing. But then I don't sleep because I'm tied up in knots and getting up and lack of sleep and, you know, then getting your brain. So that's that it's that, um, inner monologue, which drives me nuts half the time. I think that's one of my biggest challenges, getting things done today, today, getting the bills paid and stuff like that. I get it done. doesn't bring me joy, but it's getting myself tied up in knots about, well, like right now, the Christmas tree. You know, my mother-in-law wanted a Christmas tree. Now she doesn't want a Christmas tree tomorrow. She wants a Christmas tree. And and it's, it's not a big deal. My father-in-law doesn't ever want a Christmas tree. He'd rather pave the driveway. You know, it... <laughs> And trying to get them not to argue about that because arguing about it doesn't solve anything, and I let myself get all tied up, and and then I turn around and I say it to somebody like you, and I realize how incredibly funny that is—that <laughs> <And, laughs> he wants to pave the driveway as opposed to put up a Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah.
1: So yeah. <laughs> Definitely there there's that there's that humor thing when things get you tied up in knots. You gotta talk to somebody, you gotta tell them these stupid stories, and and then it's yeah. and then it's better.
0: That's better. It's better. That's
1: the things that are happening. My 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 dad was backing up one day and I went sprinting out of the house and said, Whoa, 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 stop. I said, Dad, you're just about to back into a tree. And he said, Oh. That's what the beeping was. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> you know, we'd gotten in this car that beeped like crazy if there was something. So when the beeping starts, stop, right? So what do you do? You just laugh because it's so funny. And, <laughs> and then there's times when, um, you know, my, my mother-in-law for about a year, she and I would race to the mailbox every day because if she got the mail, she wouldn't let anybody have it. <laughs> So we would lose things. We'd lose bills. We'd lose checks. We'd lose everything because she would, she would go hide it, and and um, so, so that was kind of a, a challenge. So then we started keeping, little like we would keep cards. Or we would keep something, and I'd see her coming back from if she beat me to the mailbox, which our our mail person comes between noon and five, so it's easy to get beat to the mailbox, and I'd see her coming back from the mailbox. And I'd run out there with a card and I'd say, oh, look, I got something for you. And I'd hand it to her and I'd say, oh, let me hold those. And I'd take the rest of it. So it was this little trainsy thing. And, and then I'd come in and my husband would just be laughing because he's like, well, you were slick with that one. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, kind of got to be. <laughs> so there are so many, <clears throat> so many things that are just silly, funny. And I couldn't possibly tell them all. But boy, yeah, we, we get a good laugh out of things. And of course... Caregiving, there's a lot of uh, physical stuff that is embarrassing, unpleasant. (laughs) Roll your eyes. And if you can't (laughs) laugh at that, I don't know. Gag throw up. I don't know. (laughs) When the doctor says, Could you please take a picture of that and send it? And I'm like, Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to take a picture, but okay. So then it's, I hand my phone to my husband and I see you take the picture. He's like, I don't want to take the picture. You take the picture. I don't want to take the
0: picture. (laughs) I asked Vicki what it is about being a caregiver that gives her joy.
1: One of the, probably the biggest joy is, is having my family here, um, here with us. Uh, and knowing that um, we did plan for a long time and we did set it up, that nobody has to go somewhere else. Nobody has to go to a care center. Nobody has to go live with a different child or in a tiny little apartment that's, you know, awful. Um, that we worked really, really hard for a lot of years to make sure that, that um, this secluded but beautiful beautiful property, peaceful property. Um, everybody is here and and can be here as long as they want to be. Um, that was, you know, that was right from, right from when we got married, my husband and I. So we've been married th- almost 30 years. 30 years is coming summer. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. Um, when we got married, it was actually something we talked about at the very beginning uh, is, is being able to build a place that, there's room for everybody um, long-term.
0: Joy, stress, guilt, anger, love. All these emotions and more are involved in caregiving. And keeping things in perspective can be really hard. Taking care of yourself, giving yourself time to do the things that give you joy, and having a place where you can go to reflect are all things that can help you get through difficult and challenging situations. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll return for Episode 2, airing on January 18th, when we will meet Nora and listen to her talk about taking care of her husband, the love of her life. The music for this edition's podcast was composed, performed, and recorded by Nick Rivard, a Corvallis musician and guitar teacher, and I absolutely love how his music deepens and expands the narrative. Thanks, Nick. I really, really appreciate it. KBOO Portland